Welcome to episode number 178. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Before I get started today, happy Mother's Day. You mothers do more to help those of us in need than you even realize. How grateful I am for my own mother and wife who have suffered with me in many ways. I also want to thank those individuals who have reached out to me. As this is Mental Health Month, it is important to understand that sometimes just a small gesture can go a long ways. We don't always need to accomplish some important great work to help others who are suffering. I had a couple of experiences this last week that reminded me how sometimes this illness we suffer with just doesn't make sense. Sometimes the careful management, medication, and lifestyle we live collide with the reality of an illness that is at times unpredictable. I speak a great deal about doing your part, managing your illness, and making sure you are doing those small spiritual things you need to. If you do your part, the Lord does His. Now, while this is true, there will be times when the illness emerges despite your best efforts to tame it. Yes, it is frustrating, debilitating, and maddening. You can be doing everything right and still symptoms may creep in and cause you issues. Naturally, those issues often come at the worst possible moment. This week and last week have been a little stressful for me. I had a fellow worker, friend, fall ill and needed to take a week to get his health back in order. In our little department, there are only two of us, and so much of his work fell to me. Now, mind you, I've been doing this type of work for many years, so it was simply some additional workload. I have also been working through a project for an owner that is more demanding than normal, but again, that's nothing out of the ordinary in construction. Monday and Tuesday of this week, my symptoms of depression skyrocketed, seemed to crack through the very surface and cause some issues. Because I have been through many symptomatic days, my mind tends to run to suicidal thoughts more quickly than it should. Again, this isn't that I'm suicidal. It is just the mind trying to find an outlet and a solution. I've been listening to the doctrinal books or some doctrinal books in the evening before I sleep as part of my own management processes. My current book was one that I had read before, but I like to return to a few of them. It was Elder Bednar's book on personal revelation. I was going to finish the last few chapters and begin. I began listening. This is where my illness and this title of this podcast come into play. I struggled deeply to listen to those chapters. I even turned that off a few times. One might think listening to a spiritual book would help aid depression. The truth is that sometimes our symptoms become so overwhelming that listening to a spiritual book or music might cause us distress. Now, I know that doesn't sound right, but it happens. I think for me and for most people, this moment in time is very troubling. When your illness has such a hold on you that even spiritual books, good music, and I admit sometimes prayer does not break through the darkness. This is where it does not make sense. Those methods should provide for the needed relief, but instead create a firestorm in the soul where those dark feelings fight against those positive ones and the conflict is more than the soul can bear. In fact, for me, the added conflict is often simply too much. Dealing with the simple symptoms of depression is troubling enough. Adding this emotional conflict between the two types of emotions on top of the already dark moment is overwhelming. Sometimes in our quest to tame this beast inside of us, we will, continue, we will come to moments that just don't make any sense. We're going to church, reading scriptures, praying, 
do not seem to help but create a wider conflict in the soul. What I have found is that these moments are not some type of sign that you should give in and give up, but they are rather passing moments of trust and trial. They are part of the process of spiritual growth and development. I have spoken about the relationship with the Savior being similar to learning to ride a bike when your father or mother held onto the seat to help you balance. Eventually, that parent has to let go of the seat and allow us to balance on our own, and that may not make sense to the one learning to ride the bike. Those balancing moments, however, teach valuable lessons and strengthen our endurance, although they certainly do not feel like it at the time. While reading the Book of Mormon this last week, I read through a couple of chapters in Mosiah I really enjoy. There are three or four chapters side by side that demonstrate something incredibly important about how the Lord works. They start in chapter 22 and end in chapter 24. This is the story of the people of Limhi and of Alma. The basic premise of these two stories is that both groups of people were in captivity by the Lamanites. Limhi's people had been warned of the Lord that if they didn't repent, they would fall into Lamanite captivity. And naturally, that is exactly what happened. This part of the book makes perfect sense that the Lord removes his protective nature when we are not doing what we should in our lives. The next two chapters detail something entirely different. Alma and his people had split from the people of Limhi and Noah and had begin, begun begilding, uh, sorry, building a righteous community. They were still in that building process when the Lord allowed for their captivity. The Lord allowed a group of individuals living the gospel to the best of their ability to be taken captive by ruthless and callous people. Not only were these individuals ruthless, they were willing to lie to obtain knowledge and then broke promises of freedom. Their leader also knew Alma and was willing to persecute him and enslave Alma's people. This seemed entirely contrary to what the Lord had been saying for many years to the Nephites that the people would prosper upon the land and be free if they would do their best to live the gospel. What happened to Alma and his people is a valuable lesson to those of us attempting to live the gospel with mental and emotional illness. Sometimes the Lord allows us to be taken captive and suffer for our learning and growth and to see if we will continue to live the gospel despite difficult moments where the outcome just doesn't make any sense. If you read those two chapters regarding Alma's captivity, the Lord explains something important. In verse 21 of chapter 23, the Lord says this, Nevertheless, the Lord seeth fit to chasten his people, yea, he trieth their patience and their faith. He continues by saying, Nevertheless, whomsoever putteth his trust in him, the same shall be lifted up at the last day. It seems that part of our training in this life is to pass through these it-just-doesn't-make-any-sense moments where we are doing our part, but the Lord appears to withhold his part. It doesn't mean that he has left us or will not come to our aid. It simply means that at times he needs to try us in all areas of our life to see if we will continue to follow the patterns of the gospel, even when it doesn't make any sense. So are you going to feel that terrible conflict between depression, anxiety, and the positive feelings of the gospel? You most certainly will. And it will likely come when you are truly trying to do your best, when you are working your hardest to live the gospel. What do you do when they come? You take comfort that the moment will pass and the Lord will always return, that he has never really left you. 
If reading a good book or listening to spiritual music or attending church is causing an increased conflict that day, then you do what you can and look to tomorrow. If you need to stop reading or leave church early, early to calm the storm or even cut your prayer short, then that is what you do. My prayer this last night was as simple as I need help. That is what I told the Lord. I need help, nothing more. Has my week improved? For me it has, but for many, it ta- for many others it may take many days. Don't lose hope that relief will come because it always does with the Lord. Now, my second experience this week was with my son. He deals with fairly serious anxiety issues. He is currently serving a service mission and doing very well on that mission. But this week was a difficult one for him, and his anxiety has risen to the surface. He came to a head while he was serving in the temple, not exactly the place where you might think it would occur. Again, doesn't make sense. I picked him up from his service that day as the temple is close to my current workplace, and we talked about what had happened. The issue that happened was really not important because the issue could have been anything. Sometimes with anxiety, the illness feeds on itself and creates a death spiral, for the lack of a better terminology. Anxiety causes one to feel like they are not doing enough, and so a person with anxiety tends to increase their workload, which only causes an increase in stress and symptoms, and this spiral continues until the system collapses. This is what occurred with my son. It is an entirely common experience for individuals with anxiety. I have experienced it myself regularly. The solution makes good sense, but goes entirely against the feelings that anxiety creates. I told him that when it happens to me, I have to tell my brain that I am not doing anything today. Nothing's going to get done. I'm going, not going to press myself to get anything done. If I have plans, they don't matter. Some individuals call this a mental health break or a mental health day, and I suppose that definition makes good sense. The key with anxiety is to have those days where you tell your mind and illness that it is not going to get done today, so don't bother me. You can't worry about what others might think or what might happen or what might not get done. You need to reduce the stress and break the downward spiral. Is this always possible that day? Perhaps not one particular day, but the next. I can promise you, if you don't pick a day, your illness will. For me, that day can be watching movies, sleeping, painting, and I even just go outside and work around the property. Not really attempting to get anything done, just doing something. I find that exercise even helps my anxieties. I also tend to play a particular game on my phone that allows my mind to focus, but also relax. Your coping mechanisms will match whatever makes sense to you. When moments of the illness just do not make sense with the gospel, I try not to worry about it. I do what I can to let the moment pass. Sometimes it takes days and even a couple of weeks. Timing will depend upon your particular form of the illness, but I can tell you that it will pass. Mine always has. The key to these moments is not to give up. Keep doing whatever you can to live the gospel without causing that terrible conflict that rages when you can't get past those feelings. The Lord fully understands, and I will admit my prayers to Him that I need help have been more frequent than anyone probably knows. But I find that the Lord does His part over time to help me overcome. What I have also noticed is that when certain things do need to get done, the Lord provides for the moment the energy and the ability. Even when I must accomplish something, the Lord seems to be able to remove the illness sufficiently so that that work can get done. The Lord may not take away the moment or 
my suffering or our suffering entirely, but he will fill in when it is when we need his help. While we struggle desperately with these moments that don't make sense, the Lord will never leave us. And I have found that he provides great protections when we suffer in this way. Yes, we will still have to drink the cup, but the Lord can temper the effects so that we can bear it. I hope when these moments come, and they will, that you will cry to him for help and are able to see his hand working for you in your life. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.